Warning, this episode contains foul language, some trash talk about human beings, and some more classic mind melting. to keep it weird at the podcast for all things strange unusual paranormal transdimensional otherworldly everything mind-melting from the universe we live in and beyond each week we have the pleasure of sitting down and chatting about something weird and this week you guessed it is no exception this week is a continuation of our extraterrestrial episode or should i say ultra terrestrial episode we are joined once again by the amazing, beautiful, talented, and oh-so-strange Caitlin D. from Goth Yearbook After Hours, and this week we are having an open conversation about what we think these beings are here for and how we can have a relationship with them. So set up your lawn chairs, clear your minds, and start chanting your mantra because it's time to meet some aliens. My name is Ashley, and I'm alone recording this. Uh, sometimes it's lonely being a producer. This is one of those days. Now, this week I'm joined as usual by my lovely co-host Lauren, and as I said before, Ms. Caitlin D. I hope you guys stuck around for the end of last week's episode because I added in a little smidge of one of her songs. My favorite one of her songs, actually. It's called Trouble. You can find it on Spotify and YouTube. If you guys are lucky, I might just add more music at the end of this episode. We'll see. Before the three of us take it away, I did want to take a moment to thank some patrons. It's been a while since uh, we've done this, and for that, I apologize. We just had a random streak of episodes that we couldn't fit it into, but we never forget about you guys. You guys are the absolute best. So hello, thank you, and welcome to the Patreon to Anna Tetralt. I am obsessed with your name, and I hope I didn't butcher it. Demi Malinowski. Hi, Demi. Demi is an angel. She is such a good friend. And when I was going through some rough times last year, she sent me bath bombs and fuzzy socks and candles and a scrunchie. And it was just too kind. I love her very much. Alex Ogle. Well, well, well. Mr. Lauren Ogle himself joining the Patreon. We love to see it. Huge thank you to Alex for always supporting our show. Uh, another big thank you to Brianna Rochelle, who's been a patron for a while, but she bumped up her patronage to get some more sweet bonus goods. Hello and thank you also to Gracia Rojas. I pray to God that I pronounced that correctly, and if I didn't, you have permission to call me out publicly. And last but not least, welcome to the Patreon, my spooky soul sister, Leah Campbell, who, if you are a patron, you heard in February's bonus episode uh, when she was telling us what it was like to be a mortician. And it was awesome. And also, kind of icky. Not going to lie. Thank you so much to everyone who donates to our show. You are the reason we have a show and the reason that we can keep going. 
obviously there will come a day where we may have to give in and record some ads, but my promise to you is that not only will we hold off as long as possible, but we'll also make the ads as entertaining as possible for you to listen to. If you want to donate to our show and keep us running ad-free, head over to www.patreon.com slash keepitweirdpodcast where you can donate $1, $5, or $10 to our show once, or you can set it up to donate monthly and you'll have access to like 45, 45-ish bonus episodes. We have two a month that come out. And you'll get a monthly newsletter, discounts on merch, and we'll give you a shout out on the show. All right. Hold on to your butts because we say some crazy shit this week. Enjoy the show. So uh, the major reason we wanted to record these episodes is to have a discussion about why they are here. Because there's a ton of speculation on that and joe and i actually covered some of it last week i don't know if either of you heard last week's episode but not the entire thing i need to listen so the last like 40 minutes is joe going on an alien rant which you know if you haven't listened (laughs) tune in because that's his favorite thing to talk about (laughs) (laughs) but just so i don't repeat uh, a lot of what happened last episode essentially I believe Joe believes a lot of the UFO community believes that you can rule out destruction because Mm -hmm. if they have the technology that it certainly seems like they have and they've been visiting us for as long as they seemingly have, they would have, they could have and would have wiped us out a long time ago. I agree. If they're as advanced as we all talk about, why Mm. wouldn't they have taken us out? What are they waiting for? So that doesn't seem to make any sense. Doesn't right. mean that they yeah. can't. Right. Not everyone's first impulse is I should murder. This. I yeah. know that's <laughs> I a very want to murder. That's a very human uh, reaction to have. Unfortunately, and yes. like you know, we have government documentation proving that um, these crafts have been uh, visiting Earth since the '40s, and we've got historical documentation that suggests they've been zipping around our skies and potentially chatting with us throughout all of mankind's history. So, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that they're not here to hurt us, or they would have. So, and that's kind of what I wanted to talk about first. Like, we need to talk about human beings' ego because we see these UFOs in our sky, and we immediately, immediately think, "What do they want with us? It's all about us." Me, right. me, me. Like, we're we're just so interesting that these beings travel through space mm-hmm. and time to watch us, talk to us. Like, probably not. It's probably not the case. And Joe and I actually had this really fantastic conversation a couple months back where we were not sober. And <laughs> it was so mind-blowing. And at one point during our conversation, it just kind of hit me that, like, as people, and uh, this is sort of if you take it out of the interdimensional spirit guide conversation and you take it back to like beings in crafts from outer space. Mm-hmm. So we're imagining that in this scenario. We as people on planet Earth are so insignificant. Like we are, we're on a small planet in an infinite universe. We're not really a great species. Like, I'm sorry to everyone who thinks humans are like so incredible, but we really are. We are (laughs) incredibly destructive. We are incredibly violent. 
you know, even if you're a, a vegan monk who's never used electricity, you're still like very in- incredibly flawed, which does make us interesting. But the idea that an advanced civilization would find us and think like these guys are really special is kind of absurd. It is. Because we aren't, if you look at it as just bodies, like forget souls, forget spirits, forget right. whatever. Like, I don't think they're observing us and putting us on a pedestal in any way. Like, I, I don't think we're this big, significant species yeah. of people that they're like, oh, we need to or study them and like act so like so different. Them. Yeah, like, no. I, I do not think that's the case at all. I think we're pretty lame in that so. aspect. But there still can be genuine interest in visiting Earth um, in, in this scenario, too. Like, one, and this is kind of what I brought up with Joe, like, we're so convinced that they're here for us and they're here to teach us and they're here us, us, us. But, like, what if in the center of planet Earth there's a portal or a door or a wormhole or something that leads to the greatest discotheque in the known universe. <laughs> the greatest party <laughs> in the go. universe. You have to, like, of course. We're just like, like the ants crawling around the door. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and, like, if you go into the Pacific Ocean straight down, you're going to hit the wormhole that takes you to the best party in the universe. <laughs> or like Danny DeVito says in Always Sunny, we could just be a sea turtle's dream. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. that is so we could be on a sea turtle's back we don't fucking know (laughs) we're riding through the ocean on a turtle right now but like if that's the case you know they're literally locking their doors as they pass through our atmosphere because earth is probably like traveling through fucking afghanistan it's not something where it's like aren't these people interesting it's like earth's approaching no bathroom breaks until we get to the discotheque. Lock the doors. Like, don't <laughs> talk to anybody. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, but in in that case, they wouldn't want us to destroy our planet because our planet houses a transdimensional burning man. Like, it could have nothing to do with us. They're just trying to get to the planet or the core of our planet, not us at all. But humans have this the, this ego that immediately is like, it's about us. And it's like, it really might not be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Really might not have anything to do with us. But having said that, I actually do believe they're interested in us and interesting in, like, the salvation of our planet. I just don't think it's necessarily for the reason we think it is. Um, I don't think it's because we are necessarily special, but I think it's because they know that all things are special because all things are connected. Every last atom from here to planet Zerpeldorf. Mm-hmm. And, you know, our physics agree with this. You know, every action has a, an equal and opposite reaction. There's, you know... Um, twin photons like if you sep- if you split and separate a photon like no matter what you do to the twin photon the other will react like wow. it it's it's a real science and and we talk about um collective consciousness a lot right. which i'm going to get into as well and i think that that's more so what they would be interested in when yeah. coming to our planet i think a lot of people also identify like maybe that listen to this podcast or maybe just too many of my LA friends, like people identify themselves as like having alien consciousness, you know? Mm -hmm. And so partly I think the reason behind that, or at least a way that I can see like for the aspect of me that feels like, oh, I have, you know, these parallel lives in other dimensions or realities or what have you. And maybe one of them is this like, 
Satya character, you know, mm-hmm. and for me, my manifestation as a human is it's like an experiment. It's like going into a video game where it's like I want to yeah. have an adventure. I want to like have an avatar. Yeah, I want to have a body and and be able to feel pain so that I can experience what pleasure feels like and mm-hmm. get bored so I can get inspired and just like continue expanding my own consciousness. So it's like even kind of to the opposite effect of what you're saying, it's like to some degree, um, it's like I'm only interested in my experience on this planet, you know, and as a human being. Or, like, that alien consciousness is just, like, wants to play the character of a human or a cat or a dolphin or whatever because it's, like, fun. And because we have this, like, theater that we've set up that Mm -hmm. looks like our solar system and our universe. And, you know, we can't get to the edge of the the membrane, like, the Truman Show membrane. It's just, like, all our imagination just keeps unfolding. So for me, like, I feel like there can be, like, deeply personal and egoically driven reasons mm-hmm. to come to Earth. But also, you know, like like you kind of prefaced in the beginning, that's more of the, like, spiritual perspective. But it yeah. also, we're finding more and more that these spirits, spiritual practices and narratives line up pretty yeah. well with our science the more we find out about our universe and the way yeah. it works. That's very true. I mean, and not that this woman is a good example, but I mentioned her in the last episode, that woman, Ula, who was saying she was brought to Earth. You just made me think of that only because you were saying, like, what if, you know, aliens are taking human form just to experience the human life and then they move on to something else and their consciousness, you know, moves to somewhere else or just, you know, goes back up to another planet or turns into stardust. We don't know, but... I did like the idea, whether I believe this specific woman or not, that she may be from this other world or this other dimension, but she wanted to experience life as a human and hopes to teach someone a lesson while she's down here or help with this and this thing. And I don't know, I like that idea that that can happen. And I think it it sort of, when people came up with simulation theory and, you know, everyone watched The Matrix and then Elon Musk was like, there's a statistical chance that we're, whatever. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, and I love nerds. I'm not saying this in a mean way, but these fucking nerds were like, <laughs> oh, simulation theory. This is all a computer. Well, yeah, that's what like spiritual practices have been saying for centuries. Like the mm-hmm. Bible even says that, like, this is a simulation of a, of a, some sort of more scattered, less physical consciousness coming down onto Earth to have some sort of experience. Yeah. That's why. And you can get really obsessive about, like, oh, like, if it's someone's computer or whatever. But it's, like, you can create that reality. If you want to be living in someone's computer, you can be. Yeah. That's still a framework that's very, like, 1980s sci-fi of you to choose. But (laughs) whatever, you know, whatever floats your boat. Right. Yeah, and the 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 reality is, and advanced technologies like I'm talking like a billion years into the future. If if our civilization were to last that long, advanced technologies wouldn't use computers. Mm-hmm. That's what we're using right now. Yeah, we're right, old and school we are. We, yeah, we are very much so analog. So like mm-hmm. the idea of a computer itself will be dated. Yeah, mm-hmm. eventually, but in uh, Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind, they 
talk about communicating with ETs and uh, what we supposedly learned from doing so. And to do that, I have to talk about a man named Dr. Stephen M. Greer. And if you've seen the documentaries, Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind or Unacknowledged, he had another say, one. This is the same guy from Unacknowledged, right? Because yes. I did watch that and loved it. Yeah. Two very different movies. Unacknowledged is way more about government disclosure and Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind is way more of the spiritual uh, meditation, mind, body, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but both very good. He has a bachelor's in biology and a medical degree. He was an emergency room physician in the 80s, but ended up basically leaving all of it behind after his experience with extraterrestrials. And this is kind of where I'm getting into um, like Caitlin's yogi retreat that she had. Mm -hmm. But Well, he, he went on in his life. He founded the Center for Study of Extraterrestrial Intelligence, which you guys may know of as CSETI. And the Disclosure Project, and he's dedicated his life to sharing information on extraterrestrials with different administrations, government officials, as well as, you know, just normal people in the world like me and you. And uh, even in like 2001, he held a press conference in D.C. that featured 20 retired Air Force, Federal Aviation Administration and intelligence officers on extraterrestrials. And he has briefed every president's administration since Bush senior so he's sort of the guy that you call if you want to talk about extraterrestrials sounds like it and uh, according to dr stephen greer he has not only been a witness to countless ufo phenomenon and close encounters but he's also had conversations with extraterrestrials through transcendental meditation ah and Transcendental Meditation uh, was created and introduced in India in the mid-1950s by Maharishi Mahesh Yogi, and it is a non-religious method for relaxation, stress reduction, and, and most importantly, self-development and discovery of self. And it's essentially a meditation. It takes place for like 15, 20 minutes. It, you do it twice a day, and it involves the use of a mantra. Um, repeating a mantra, which can be sounds, it can be a saying, it can be whatever in your head to to get you into this deep meditative state. So Stephen Greer was trained in this form of meditation. He opened a meditation center and he was all about it. He wanted to help people live happier, healthier, more meaningful lives, right? Well, one day he was on a mountainside practicing his meditation and during his meditation, he was approached by this being and he felt comfort and a strong conscious connection with this being so much so that he allowed it to take him to their craft or ship or what ha another place like his body. Like we were saying earlier, body stayed on the mountain. His consciousness went elsewhere and had like a full on business meeting <laughs> with this <laughs> extraterrestrial <laughs> like notes were taken it was like a serious they sat down and worked shit out and during this meditation and this meeting with this extraterrestrial he began to understand so much about collective consciousness and it not just being a collective amongst humans and not even just like uh, a collective amongst all the creatures and biological life in our living world but also a cosmic consciousness and connection we have to the entire universe and the beings within it and that the actions we take affect everything and vice versa and through conscious connections we can essentially change the world so he developed with this being uh, this trans-dimensional light being together they developed what is known today as ce5 protocols and those are it is literally a how-to of how to talk to aliens 
and you don't have to buy a book and you don't have to go to a $400 seminar. You can literally go to their website and it will give you a step-by-step instruction on how to talk to extraterrestrials if well, you that's cool. want to do so. I like it. I think we all do. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're all on board. Yeah, um, I'm with, ready. Uh, talking to ETs. It's all done through meditation. It's all performed through consciousness because as he explains it, these beings are on a much higher consciousness level than we are. And not only do they rely on consciousness for communication and life and existence, but it also powers their technology. It's a melding of consciousness and technology, which is why their crafts behave in the way that they do. Because they aren't crafts at all, at least not like how we imagine with a cockpit and passengers and all that. But they're projections of consciousness that can phase in and out of 3D reality to be seen by us. Essentially, if they don't want us to see them, we're not going to see them. Yeah, mm-hmm. they can control it. They're not going to be like, oops, forgot to push the shield, forgot <laughs> to push the camouflage button. Right. Like if they if they are seen by us, it's because they wanted to. Um, so I'm not going to go into like the the steps because you can look that up online of like how to communicate with aliens. But um, there are CE5 events all over the world uh, and they're very cool. But also during these events, like not only do people witness multiple crafts and witness um, uh, beings and and have these like amazing experiences, like people have also had like healing experiences Mm -hmm. with them. One particular story that that I found really interesting was um, a man named Ed and he tells a story in, in that documentary. He attended the CE5 event and he shared that he had worn his hearing aids almost his entire life um, and still could barely hear even with the aids. He just had horrible hearing. He had hearing loss since high school and he actively avoided parties and public gatherings his entire life because he was embarrassed and frustrated by not ever being able to hear people. Yeah. And so it, he kind of became, he's like, you know, I'm not an introvert, but I am, I'm, I'm, it's like forced introversion because I can't hear. Right. And so we went to the CE5 event. They witnessed some UFOs. It was really magical, whatever. That night he was getting ready for bed when he felt the urge to go outside. He felt like drawn outside. So he went out and he saw a light nearer to the ground, not like in the sky, but like in the field. It was like a light and he, he approached it. Uh, because he felt like it was pulling him towards it. And he said he attempted to communicate with it telepathically and eventually accomplished it. And they spoke about existence and consciousness and time and space. And they talked for an hour and he, he happened to ask, like, is there anything you can do about my hearing? And the being said yes. And, you know, this was also witnessed by another person, too, a young guy who saw Ed standing next to a light in the field and was just sort of like, that's what they're there for. So it was like, holy shit, is something happening with Ed? Like, I can't wait to talk to him about this. Right. And uh, the next day he went out to have breakfast. Ed went out to have breakfast with everyone and he could hear them. Wow. And... Like, he's telling the story. He's barely getting the story out of his mouth. He's, like, choking up. He's crying. And he said he never wore his hearing aids again. That is insane. Oh, that makes me feel emotional. That's so wild. 
And you can hear this and go like, please, and like roll your eyes and say, you know, these people are just doing drugs. But this isn't a new idea. Like meditating, speaking to beings, being healed, being shown visions, being taught things. Like this has been happening since the beginning of time. We hear it about really it. From yeah, a- I... I think with with skepticism in general, like it really bothers me when skepticism, someone's skepticism is rooted in their lack of knowledge about something rather than if you abundance want to stop of because, knowledge. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like negating someone else's experience, but also not being able to offer an explanation. It's mm-hmm. like just. Grow up, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why are you bringing this negativity? You didn't have a better theory for this, so. Well, and yeah, the theory is usually you made it up. Yeah. And it's like, well, that's fine. But um, I personally know I didn't. And also there are multiple witnesses to what I saw. Like, oh, well, it's mass hysteria. It's like, well, then explain mass hysteria. Mm-hmm. Well, and also in the situations of healing, like if you were to tell that story and say like it was definitely through meditation that he was able to have this communication, then this experience, I would be upset if then someone came from a religious standpoint and was like, well, that couldn't happen because then you're saying that this, this, and this doesn't exist. And it's like, let's look back in the Bible and at all of the stories throughout the history of religion of people yeah, being Jesus healed by- Jesus, yeah, or by, you know, in whatever case it was, it has to be in their mind, some religious sort of healing. And it's like, okay, again, as we mentioned in the last episode, we're saying the same thing. We just have different ways of going about it. But let me have this belief that I was healed. And I'll let you have this belief that Jesus heals. And we can believe that healings happen in these different ways. I don't know. I just... I get so annoyed when religion sure. gets brought into it to disprove somebody saying that they had a paranormal or supernatural experience. It's like we're we're saying the same thing, basically. Yeah, but religion is a very the problem is is that if they believe what you're saying, they could have uh, consequences. Sure, it's not just something trouble. where it's like no problem. It's like, well, I'm going to hell now. I'm going to go to I, hell for eternity. Which is just as a concept, um, insane. But <laughs> we <laughs> well, there's um, so there's actually a an entity called Seth. This channel during the seventies, her name was Jane Roberts, used to channel an entity named Seth who love who wrote. Are you saying Seth as in like Seth Green? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I was gonna okay. ask the same thing. Okay, great. I love that. Uh huh. And she wrote this book. She wrote several books that you know she claims at least are channeled from this entity. And they talked about. I mean, if anyone's loving the you know the aspect of multidimensional reality and all this you know stuff, they I think it would be really fascinating for anyone out there. It's called Seth Speech by Jane Roberts, and but basically she's dictating it. Her husband's um recording it. And she's just channeling this entity that identifies itself as Seth. They talked about, like, being an interdimensional being. But they also talked about all kinds of things from religion to philosophy to history to science, math, like, all kinds of different concepts. Um, But when you guys were just talking about hell, they talked about how, like, you know, your vision, whatever you invest your mental energy into creating as your perceived afterlife is where you're going to spend some time at least. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that, like, 
that existed and especially like if a lot of people believe in hell and they have sort of similar visual images for it like that becomes a, a space you know yeah. that you can draw yourself to but ultimately you know you're not going to spend eternity there but like you can create hell you know you can go there if you want to if yeah. you fixate on it enough yeah if it's all you're thinking about even in like in buddhist teachings like hell is is a state of mind that you mm -hmm. can be in on earth Right. Yeah. You can put yourself there right now if you want to. Yeah, I've I'm there all the time. plenty of my life in yeah. hell, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say. I've visited. I spend it's, a lot of time there. It's fine. I was also going to speak to the, the healing bit, too, because, uh, my you know, my day job is as a massage therapist, mm -hmm. and I do also this work that it's, like, influenced by energy work. It's influenced by craniosacral therapy, which is a whole different thing, um, working with spinal fluid. But there are so many times with a client where if I can just get them to relax, there just is a spontaneous healing of their pain. Mm -hmm. And my job really is to just like do whatever they believe is going to heal them. Mm. And there's actually pain science behind that, that the client expectations are actually the most important factor in reducing pain in a sort of medical visit like that. Wow. And, you know, where it's something like back pain and they're seeing, you know, a physical therapist, a massage therapist, something like that. I'm not talking about, like, someone who just fell out of a tree and needs, like, <laughs> surgery, you know? Right. I'm not like, right. well, do you expect your back to be broken? Although, <laughs> if you get into the science of these things and, like, these quantum realities and whatever, that is a thing, you know, where, like... Where you can heal yourself. Yeah. Right. Or like you even put yourself in that tree, you know, into that position. And the things that come up that need healing are usually things that are pointing to something in our lives that we need to adjust our energy around, whether we need more sleep or the job we're doing isn't right, or maybe we're having trouble speaking, sticking up for ourselves. And that affects like a part of your body that's like a metaphor for it, you know, so often these healings can come too if you have a change like if you go if you're talking to an interdimensional being and you're having this experience of like your consciousness expanding incredible changes can happen in the body pretty spontaneously because at the end of the day like with science like medical medicine like we are labeling stuff and we're picking it apart mm -hmm. and we're like figuring out how things work but we are labeling it we are not controlling it you know like we're not yeah. in charge of it we're just observing it for the most yeah. part and making our best guesses but nobody actually knows how like the human body is going to respond to any given scenario yeah and there's there have been tests and experiments and all kinds of things done where like under hypnosis or under deep meditation you can cause physical pain to the human mm. body and not yeah. feel it or you can stick a pin into a human skin and say, don't bleed, and the body mm -hmm. will not bleed. And it's not something that everyone has access. Well, everyone does have access to it, but like how to access it is a complete one. It takes a yeah. lot of work. It's not just like, well, I'll it pay someone so much practice and I'll just to get, get it. to that level. So much practice, and you have to be so fucking brutally honest with right. yourself about everything, and that's hard. It's way easier to just, you know, be like, God, God won't give me anything right. I can't handle. You, right. you know what I mean? Like that's easier. Yeah. Well, and and at the end of the day, too, I think. Um, so I was I was meditating one day, and I was kind of half asleep, 
And it was a time, it was it was a kind of recently, and I would say like a month ago, and at the time I was microdosing a lot with mushrooms, and mm-hmm. I was like doing a lot of deep dives into like consciousness and how to, you know, manipulate my reality, which isn't the best approach, is like even the word manipulate is not great. But, like, (laughs) you know, how to, like, be the reality boss and, like, how to, like, change Mm -hmm. things and create stuff and make things more magical. Mm -hmm. And this voice in my head with maybe it was an alien, maybe who knows. But it was, like, it was, like, um, I was kind of half asleep. And you know how sometimes you can hear things that you know aren't in the space around you. You're just, but it's, um, you know. Yes. An audio experience. And it was, like. I was hearing these people talking and uh, they were kind of like talking about me as I was kind of half asleep and I was trying to listen into what they were saying. It was just like hushed whispers. And then one of them was just like, she just like wants to know everything. And she came here to not know everything. And it's really annoying. <laughs> like, why Harsh. is she trying to figure it out? She's like, came here to play the stupid game. And now she's like, it's like opening a board game. And then instead of playing the game, just like reading the rules over and over, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, what? That's not the fun part. And so sometimes like our journey is just like having the the disease or the injury or something and Mm -hmm. whatever, you know, adventure that takes us on. Right. So according to Dr. Stephen Greer and many others in the UFO community, not just him and it's not just based on, on, on his studies, but the overwhelming message that, that people have received from these beings whether you believe they are spiritual, whether you believe they're interdimensional, or whether you believe they come from a far off planet, is cosmic consciousness. You know, I, I've told the story a million times on the show before, so I'm, I'm not going to go into detail again. But the fact that events like 9-11 and the death of Princess Diana caused disruptions to random number generators around the world shows that there's some sort of collective consciousness occurring between mm-hmm. us. As people. And our world is a mess. There's there's hunger and poverty and war and disease and pain and suffering. And th- that's abundant. And the rest of us who are like doing fine, you know, we have a roof over our head and, and we have food and, and we're warm. We have anxiety and depression and disorders and weird physical pains. Like as as a species, we're a little bit of a mess. If collective consciousness is real, that means that we are all in some way experiencing the pain of others. And it's a sick cycle that we can't really get out of. And it also means that we can all be cured by by taking care of each mm-hmm. other and by healing each yeah. other and healing our world. And if you look at our species, I said this earlier, we are violent and we are destructive. And our technology is a direct mirror of that. Like we burn fossil fuels mining for coal we're digging into the earth and like splitting splitting rocks and and then like and getting to the core we split atoms it's all destruction like every form of our technology is is a breaking down of something and as our technology advanced our connection to our planet was severed we don't grow our own food we don't kill our own meat we don't compost our waste most of us don't even water our own lawns and we're kind of a parasite we don't even let our own dead bodies feed the earth we put them in boxes and preserve them with earth poisoning chemicals 
Like that's how much we don't contribute to our fucking planet or the we life. We do not take here. care of our planet in the slightest. And like you were saying, Caitlin, earlier, how like this this um this yogi retreat, this this meditation retreat, like somehow attracted all this wildlife mm-hmm. and all these amazing animals, and probably it, it was beautiful. And it's like, yeah, that sure that could be manufactured. Well, maybe not a you know a butterfly on a deer, but like. <laughs> vegetation vegetation can be manufactured and things can look pretty but the the theory essentially is that if we can find a means of energy that is peaceful and natural whether it's wind sun kinetic or consciousness if we can get that high if we can feed the hungry and heal the sick our conscious connection to each other and our world will grow again and then our cosmic connection to other beings in the universe will be close behind that but until we can sort of do this with each other there's not really a way that we can on a mass scale do it with other other beings we're not taking care of what's right in front of us so how are we going to connect to something way outside of us Mm -hmm. and if you think that there is a cosmic consciousness and there are beings that are of higher consciousness they would be able to feel earth's pain they would want to save us from suffering because it saves them from suffering You know what I mean? Well, that's what I think is interesting with all of the abduction stories and with, you know, when I was talking about the alien species in our last episode, so many stories, no matter which species people were claiming to have interacted with or, you know, if we're going on the line of, you know, whatever they imagined in their head that they were seeing, every time it was some sort of conversation about saving the environment. Like, that is the majority of the messages that were received, whether these people were dreaming, whether there was an actual abduction, no matter what, they were trying to be shown some sort of map and get some sort of instructions to better care for both themselves and for the planet. Like I made that joke about them being environmentalists, but that's such a common thing that people were experiencing with these other beings is learning different ways to take care of the planet and to better the earth. And it's like, I think absolutely that is the message that we're getting from these other beings because they are feeling our sadness and they're feeling us the way our planet's falling apart and they're trying to help. Well, and also, you know, those, um, they, they always get posted on like your aunt's Facebook, but, um, and I don't mean you, I know what you mean, like Like, uh, somebody's aunt. aunt Susie. Where they'll post a picture of, like, um, how, you know, our irises look like a galaxy of stars. Or, like, Mm -hmm. uh, lightning looks the same as tree roots. And the fractal universe. Yeah, the veins in our body. We are the world around us. We're part of it. We, We came from it and we are still a part of it. But we have lost the connection to it because we don't... I mean, I went outside once in the last four days of course i'm like uh, incredibly depressed like that's why but like we we don't have that same connection oh well i i'm like slightly less i think anti-human than (laughs) oh i'm not (laughs) anti-human i just know how i'm just uh it's sort of like american nationalism where it's like i just don't have any national i don't have any like human like what up yeah like human pride it's just sort of like listen we're flawed i i think we are flawed and i think we do endanger you know obviously a lot of species and a lot of environments through just like being idiots and we have developed all kinds of stuff like destructively but i also think that 
there are a lot of benefits to the environment from having humans around when we are like not motivated by greed and even yeah. just for existing like trees you know their photosynthesis a lot like plants they they depend on us to breathe air mm, you right. know and our waste product is what they breathe and vice versa like there is a synergy there that like no matter how many of them we chop down that relationship still exists and there's even you know, if you look at indigenous cultures and people that I, you know, I think were, I think the pendulum has swung so far in this opposite direction of like, oh, we are just, you know, the industrial revolution and every, mm -hmm. our technology getting kind of faster than we can keep a control over it. But we're also innovating all these solutions and we're discovering like, oh, there's like algae that feeds off of plastic. Well, that's convenient, you know, and mm -hmm. like just there's all these things in our universe, too, that um, show that we are sort of supposed to be here. But yes, we are supposed to be more aware of our surroundings and, you know, spending time in nature. There's a reason it makes you feel good. It's like right. we are energetically reset by that because we've created all this separation from it. And I think it's just part of our game and being here. But it's like now we've realized like we've created all these sci-fi universes, you know, and a lot of them are dystopian. And so we have created like we're living in this very strange cyberpunk dystopian time, you know, where mm -hmm. like there's like killer drones and sex robots and like, <laughs> yeah. you know, rock like and zoom, roll. Right. Yeah, like Zoom shows <laughs> and like whatever the fuck. You know, I feel like it's just been a choice. And yeah, like we can make better choices <laughs> in general. I used to be very like, oh, f we do nothing. And I do think like we have the potential to be really good for the environment. Like because we can clear brush away from an area, we can plant seeds, we can, you know, like do things that do really benefit the earth and, you know, just the natural relationship that we're, I mean, look at cats. They're doing great because of us. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. That we did that. true. We're taking care of them cats. Cats and dogs are thrilled that humans exist. They're thriving. <laughs> I am optimistic in some ways because I do think, and maybe I'm just paying more attention to it now, but it seems like there are more people now who are trying to save our planet and keep it alive and do more functional things for it than there used to be. I think mm -hmm. it seems like people are starting to be a little more awake about it now. So I do have hope that we can live in this good world where we are reconnecting with earth and we are finding out how we can help each other but i just know i see both sides because i do think there's so many people mm -hmm. who are just fucking it up left and right and i'm like oh it, it, there's just so much that's beyond our control yeah that but where where you put your attention is where to me it's like that's where the energy goes so you can basically get yourself onto a timeline into the parallel dimension where the we are in harmony with the environment by focusing on the cases where we are and that's the world you're going to live in you know um while someone else like 5 feet away from you could just be focused on the destruction and that's the world they live in you know right i'm just going to move to the top of a mountain and hang out there and hope everything stays peaceful that's my goal <laughs> That's not that's a I bad want. plan. <laughs> I'm just going to go deeper inside my own mind. 
<laughs> she's just gonna Caitlin's we're gonna find her like comatose in her bed and we're gonna be like good for her she did it she got away <laughs> here lies her body I don't know where her consciousness is but it's somewhere great I'll keep your body safe and clean yep um, <laughs> while don't you explore the it. universe just throw it um, in a ditch <laughs> But according to Stephen Greer and his team, the, the, the extraterrestrials are kind of waiting for enough of us to show that we're open, conscious, and ready to communicate with them. Because, you know, as advanced as they are, they're still a little wary of us. They know... They know what we are capable of. And if you think about like approaching a tribe of like uncontacted people and attempting to convert them to something like Christianity, you wouldn't just like dance your way in and be like, our God is an awesome (laughs) God, he reigns. Like you would, you would, that's not the way to do it. You're going to get murdered uh, Uh pretty quickly. Right. But like to, to kind of like wrap this sort of thought process up the thing that i find so interesting about this besides everything about it but um this kind of would explain why the government wouldn't want us to know Mm -hmm. because that is a question that's frustrating as hell like why would they hide it from us the narrative that we've been told through different forms of media tv movies is that they can't tell us because we just lose our dang minds but 2020 showed us that's a lie because we were sort of told and everyone just went like yeah we know and like moved on so chill so chill aliens are probably real and ufos are all around us and we were all like yep all right like, I got a lot going on on yeah. my plate at the moment. <laughs> you know what? Actually, super busy. I still have, like, three seasons of 90 Day Fiance to get through before yeah. I can concentrate on anything else. Do I'll not see how this affects me. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so, like, we now know we have definitive proof that society wouldn't collapse <laughs> if we right. were told that ETs were real. But you know what would collapse? Probably. The government. The government. <laughs> the economy. Um, the 1%. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. military industrial complex, elite, people in power. Like if we were able to um, to make contact and have contact and learn from and, and all of this, like we, we have the potential of having an abundance of natural resources and energy. And who would that mm-hmm. hurt? It's not going to be us. Yeah. Like it's not going to be the poor, the sick, the dying. It would be... Everyone the people power. that the reptilians. Of, it would be the re- fucking reptilians again. <laughs> it's the reptilian presidents, I tell ya. The nasty boys. Would I call them the nasty boys? The, <laughs> nasty, the nasty boys. boys. Uh. They would profit off. You know, they profit off of uh, off of struggles that we have. And um, if we prove the aliens are real and they're here and they could teach us how to live in peace and harmony, like that's not great <laughs> for truth people in powerful positions and it would also uh explain why the government are like these aren't aliens we've never been contacted by aliens we've tried and tried and tried they just aren't there well they wouldn't communicate with anyone who had nefarious intentions or who you know you really do have to and everyone says this when approaching transcendental meditation for example or these ce5 events is like you really have to come at it with with a high vibration with sort of like pure heart with like a childlike innocence about it Mm -hmm. because like you were saying caitlin like when you look at something if you look at the negative parts of it that's what you're gonna get back yeah Mm -hmm. and it's we have sayings about this in our culture you know glass half full glass half empty what are you 
And that's real. Like that is a reality that we determine. Right. Is Sorry, everyone just okay? Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I heard there she a loud goes. sound and then everyone went quiet. So I was like, oh no, is somebody hurt? <laughs> She's just astral projecting again. <laughs> I was like, should I say something? Was that loud? <laughs> we all just went quiet after Ashley's making like these wonderful points. <laughs> yeah, that was great. I was so absorbed, I just knocked everything off my desk. <laughs> what do you guys see as the next thing that's going to happen with extraterrestrials and and do, do you more so believe i think caitlin i think i know what you believe but like lauren do you believe <laughs> <laughs> caitlin's like i am one uh-huh. <laughs> do you believe more in like the spiritual like transdimensional uh consciousness type beings or more of a physical sort of like i can feel it i can touch it it's coming from mars I more and more, especially after what I was reading today, and I mean, and honestly, especially from (laughs) Caitlin's stories today, I believe that it is more of something that comes to us in a dream and that the experiences are still just as real as if the physical form was there. Mm -hmm. But I, the more I like was learning even about the species and how people were describing them, I was going back to classic abduction stories and rereading them. And in almost every case, I was able to be like, oh, it sort of seems like this was more in their dream. And that's why it was so vivid. And that like, so many of these otherworldly things happened is because I think they were experiencing it, you know, through their mind and possibly through sleep. And I don't know, that's kind of what I'm buying into now. Well, I can, I I don't know about you guys. Can you feel, feel sensations in your dreams? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay, good. Well, because some people don't. Some people are like, I don't feel anything. And it's like, you don't feel it. Like pain, like when pain happens in your dream, like you don't feel it. But some people don't. Yeah, I can feel pain and even like deep pleasure without getting too much into it. (laughs) There's even like a very tangible scientific medical thing behind dreams where certain hormones will be released in your body. So it is a healing process, you know. Um, And you, you are having literal sensations in the, on that level at least and i would guess the people that don't think that they feel in their dreams probably just like aren't maybe connecting with their memories that well or like maybe they just have a different experience but who yeah knows. pain is sort of registered in the brain like it, it's not mm-hmm. actually you know it, it's just signals to the brain that says yeah. ouch 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 so the fact that we can feel during our dreams makes total total sense because right. that's all that's happening. Yeah, I um I I'm also growing more and more and more in love with the theories on the, on the conscious beings and on the um vibrational beings and light beings and and things that sort of aren't as physical. Like I can't knock on the craft. I can't walk up and knock on it. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like yeah. it still exists. Um it's just it's it's not what we thought it was. You can knock on the craft anytime you want. You can just <laughs> this is why it I down, love Caitlin. Close she your keeps eyes. telling us we can still do the things that we want to do. If the craft is a rockin', <laughs> don't, don't come a knockin'. You just close your eyes, you say, Hey aliens, hey. what's up? I'm ready to party. 
visualize a craft in front of you, knock yep. on it, just see what happens. Just fuck around, you know? <laughs> just knock, fuck around knock, and find knock. out. <laughs> yeah. This is what I love, though, Ashley. I don't know if you feel this, too, is like we've been doing alien episodes since season one, and it's been a very popular topic, and our listeners love it. I think it's cool how much our minds have changed about aliens. Sure. And, like, it's been cool to see our growth. Like, sorry, I'm, like, having a moment. But I <laughs> just think we thought of them as something totally different in season one. It's just amazing with the information that's come out, and even just us, I think, connecting more with ourselves and understanding the world. It's it's just crazy how much our minds have changed. And Caitlin, you also taught us so much tonight. So I really I'm am I'm so happy to be part of this journey. I do enough shouting at the stereo when I hear people talking about aliens. So it's, it's good to do it from the other end of the mic. I love it. Maybe we should all do a CE5 event because um, yes. that was one thing I was going to say, like when I was wrapping up, you know, that uh, and we might as well do it now. That's all the time we have for Keep It Weird. Um, but thank you so much for listening, Caitlin. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And, and it's been such a long time coming and I can't wait to like meet you in person. <laughs> I know. Oh my god! I know. Weird. We've never met Because I feel you. like I know you so well. That is weird. It's right? very strange. And I've only met Eric once, which is truly which also is wild. Very strange. Okay, yeah. that's actually <laughs> ten times weirder. I can't believe that. <laughs> I barely looked at him when we met in person. I was like, "This is wrong. You're, <laughs> you're, you're not really here. Yeah. You're Your not a physical a being. <laughs> you're, you're a light being." <laughs> yeah. Well, it was such a pleasure to come on. I love talking about aliens. I'm so happy to be part of this conversation. And I hope anyone who, you know, this resonated with will check out uh, not only Doth, your book. I actually used to do a podcast called Hardcore Healing that I'll probably bring back at some point. Ooh. Ooh, please. But we talk about different healing modalities because that's sort of another, obviously, a passion of mine um, and part of my, you know, career. And what else? My last album is kind of spacey influenced and that's Deus Ex Machina and it's spelled D-A-E-U-S, not the Latin traditional way. And my name is Caitlin D and I have an Instagram <laughs> and it's at... Sorry, I'm just launched into all I'm my clubs. I'm obsessed. Keep going. Okay. Great. It's Caitlin, <laughs> C-A-I-T-L-I-N-D-E-E-E-E-E. Five. Five E's. Yeah. That's so important. That's that's me. And then the other podcast is at Gothier Book. That's yes. all. And you know what? Meet up with me on the uh, in the dream dream worlds. Yeah. Oh, on the yes. astral plane. On the astral. That's those were the words I was looking for. <laughs> yeah, the old astral. Definitely follow Caitlin on Instagram. She's got if you're in LA, we've got some live shows coming up in August. That's true. Lauren's gonna be performing in July. So all my LA. <laughs> my weirdos. music isn't as cool as Caitlin's, but if you just want to dance the night away, definitely stay tuned for my That's live also music very well. cool. <laughs> Listen, I'll be at both and I'll have bells on. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> yeah, and Goth Yearbook's uh, Instagram is at Goth Yearbook. Our Instagram is at Keep It Weirdcast. We're also on Twitter and Facebook sometimes. Um, and we also have a very fun <laughs> Facebook group where we're all good friends. 
If you want to find ways you can support our show financially while also reaping some serious benefits like discounts on merch, shoutouts on the show, bonus episodes, and newsletters, check out our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash keepitweirdpodcast. You can donate $1, 5 or $10 to the show once or set it up to donate monthly and you can get a lot of cool stuff. And you can also rep some of our merch by heading over to www.etsy.com slash shop slash keep it weird podcast we've got shirts and pants and bags and blankets and buttons and patches whatever your weird little heart desires caitlin what's our sign off this week um shoot uh eric always does this (laughs) (laughs) i just mentally check out by the end of the episode if it makes you feel any better we're terrible at our own sign off that's why we always put it on the guest and we do not warn them that it's coming all right uh i'm gonna go with cowabunga baby cowabunga (laughs) baby cowabunga baby and keep Keep it it weird keep it weird